All right. So what did we celebrate last Sunday? Resurrection. Amen. He's risen. Hallelujah. Man, that's shouting business. And you know, we were looking at Luke 24 uh, for that Easter resurrection story. And I kept reading through it all the way to the end. And I came across today's text, and it's found in Luke 24, verses 46 and 47. In this, to bring us up to speed, Jesus, glory to God, was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. He first appeared to the women that were coming, Mary and and her company that were coming to the tomb to uh, put spices and anoint his body. Amen. They were the first ones to receive the announcement. They came back and they told the disciples. Some of them just thought it was idle tales, but Peter rushed to the tomb to see for himself. Amen. Then, if we continue reading in chapter 24, there are two disciples that are walking on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus, incognito, appears to them. And they're despondent. They heard the news from the women that Jesus was rose, had risen from the dead, but yet they were so depressed and so despondent that their Lord was gone. They couldn't receive it. Listen to me, beloved. Don't allow yourself to get despondent by what you see around you right now. Keep your head above and keep looking above. Don't get Suck down below here. Amen. Because you'll miss out on the resurrection power of Jesus. Every time you see your grandbaby, you see that grandbaby whole, as I know you do. See, that's what you've got to do. So Jesus is talking to them, and they go, what's the matter? Are you a stranger around here? Don't you know what happened? What just happened? And Jesus reveals the Bible to them, from Genesis all the way up to that point. And their heart burned inside of them, but they didn't know. The sun was going down. And those guys said, I think all the Hampton Inns are full, but why don't you just stay with us tonight? And so Jesus said, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. And he sat down with them, and as he, they sat down to eat, Jesus broke the bread, and all of a sudden their eyes were open, and they saw it was the Lord. When they saw it was the Lord, the scripture says that he vanished from their sight. But then he later appears to his disciples. And he asked them for something to eat. Right? And they said, well, he goes, listen, I'm not a spirit. Does a spirit eat? Jesus was in his glorified body. Amen. Just like we're going to have a glorified body just like him someday. Hallelujah. So, as we read where we're going to read today, this is, he's before them, and he says this to them. Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Hallelujah. As I read that over and over, and over again last week, it's just like the Holy Spirit just wouldn't let me get off of it. 
What are the two things that Jesus commissioned us to do? What are the two things he commissioned us specifically to preach or proclaim? Number one, repentance of sin. Number two, remission of sin. The commission Jesus gave us, his disciples now, is to preach the forgiveness of sins and the remission, and what's, or, or excuse me, the re repentance of sins and remission, which is also forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. In order to present the full gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior said that we need to heed to both ends of the spectrum of need. If we just preach, church, repentance of sins, then you know what? We can come across as being legalistic. You gotta repent. You're not living right. You don't measure up to my standard of righteousness. Amen. And we can lose that heart of, heart of compassion, which if we lose the heart of compassion, we step out of walking in the spirit and we take matters on our own in the flesh. On the other hand, if we just preach remission of sins or the forgiveness of sins, we can minimize the effect of the grace that the Lord has given us. And it can become sloppy agape or greasy grace or whatever you want to call it. Amen. Well, you've just been forgiven. You've been forgiven. You don't have to live for Jesus. You can just do your own thing. After all, you've been forgiven and God understands you. Mm -hmm. And if we take on that mentality and we take it to an extreme then what happens is we minimize the, the, the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, the honor of the Lord, and again, like I said earlier, we begin to cheapen what Jesus has done for us on Calvary's cross. Heaven forbid we do that, amen. Is anybody with me this morning? Come on now. To be an effective imparter of truth, you must be trained by that truth. If you want to impart a truth to somebody, well, then you have to get that truth down inside yourself. The scripture says not all of you should desire to be teachers because you'll, you'll be held to a higher degree of accountability. Oh, I just wish I could be a preacher. All I have to do is just get up and talk. And I have the rest of the, the days of the week off. Listen, if any of you want to be a preacher for a week, I'll gladly go on vacation and you can have it, man. <laughs> and you guys are a great church, don't get me wrong. But it's so much more than that. But I truly understand what that means now. Because every time I get behind the sacred desk, I have to live what I'm preaching before I get behind her, because otherwise, I disqualify myself. See, there's a difference between just bringing forth a message of words. And it's another thing to be trained by that message so that when you bring forth that message, it becomes spirit and life. The world isn't looking for just more empty rhetoric. The world is looking 
for something of substance, you see. Something that's living, not something that's just dead. Amen. People want to know, is this really true? Well, I can tell you it's true because I've lived it. And when you go out on the street witnessing, you have to have that in mind. Going out witnessing, well, that's scary. I can't do that. I can't talk in front of people about Jesus. These, these newly engaged couples that we have, there you are, you guys, back there. You're hiding behind the Larsons. I see you now. I got eyes on you. We got counseling tomorrow, don't we? Huh? I try to talk them out of it before they get up to the altar. No, marriage is a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. But you have to know. And when you go, when you. You have to be trained by that truth. You have to become that truth. You've got to become that word. Amen. In John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus said this. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe Jesus? Okay, then listen up. He says, if you abide in my word, and my, you are my disciples indeed. That's the criteria, number one, to be a disciple of his, to be a follower of his. You've got to abide in this. This word's got to take on form inside of you. So you're a walking epistle read of all men. Because whether you get this word inside of you or not, the moment you say you're a Christian, people are watching you. Does your life line up with the scripture? People want, to, people want that healing more than they want to hear you say God heals. People want that deliverance more than you can say God delivers. People want that breakthrough more than you can say God is the God of the breakthrough. You understand. He said, if you abide in my word, and my, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know. In other words, you shall perceive, you shall understand, you shall recognize, you shall gain knowledge, you shall realize, you shall just come to know by personal experience because you've been trained by that word, that truth. And you've become that truth, is what Jesus is saying. And he says, then that truth shall make you free. I have yet to see this fail. I have yet to see this fail. God's word never fails. If there's a failure, it's because you haven't allowed yourself to be trained fully by that truth. And this is not to put condemnation on any of us because we're all in this learning process with the Lord. But I'm telling you, if you want to see signs, wonders, and miracles, you've got to be 100% in because it will not happen unless you're 100% in with the Lord, where you've been trained by his word of truth to the point that there is just no other way than to see the manifestation of that word. To effectively minister to others and grow, uh, grow personally in the gospel of Jesus Christ, where we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory, to effectively minister to others and grow personally where the revelation of Christ increases and we decrease every message of grace that we either verbalize externally to someone else or we maintain internally by inner vows that we 
record over and over inside of us when we're just in our, by ourselves, amen, and no one's around. There has to be an equal balance of these two things. There must be repentance of sin, and there must be remission of sins. Repentance of sins is our approach to God. When the Holy Spirit shows us something about our lives, and he's saying, son or daughter, and I'm telling you, I've been telling you this for months now, that God is cleaning us up. And he's, when he's saying, son or daughter, there's an area in your life, it, it's stinking thinking. Let me tell you something God always loves. And he's never bringing condemnation on us. We bring that condemnation on ourselves when we keep on hanging on to that old man called the flesh. That old stinking thinking. There's something wrong with me. No one likes me. I know what the word says, but why, why am I not experiencing the victory of the word? Well, it must work for everybody else, but I guess I, I, it, I'm the only one selected on the face of the earth where the word of God doesn't work. It sounds stupid, doesn't it? But we get into the, that line of thinking. And so we need to repent when the Holy Spirit shows us we're going down a wrong path in a certain area of thought. Just get rid of it right away. Save yourself a lot of grief. Just get rid of it. Just repent of it. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that toxic thought of insecurity. I'm sorry for that toxic thought of self-pity, of discouragement, of depression, of anxiety, for not trusting you and trusting your word. Listen, we've all been through it. There's not one of us in this room that hasn't gone through some of those thoughts. In fact, turn with me to 1 John. First John, chapter 1, starting in verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him, speaking of Jesus, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. How many know that in God it's 100% light all the time? There's no variableness of his turning. He's always good. He's always healing. He's always delivering. He's always saving. He's always prospering us. He's always giving us life. He's always giving us blessings. We are made to be a blessing so we can bless others. You understand that, don't you? That in him, there is no darkness whatsoever. No darkness. That means there's no sickness. That means there's no disease. That means there's no uh, uh, poverty. Come on. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Let that sink in for a while. But you don't understand, Pastor. I believe. I believe, but still I'm in this condition. I believe, but I'm still in this situation. We'll keep on believing. See, we have the tendency to 
to take the burden on ourselves. We forget that Jesus forgave us on Calvary's cross. We forget that he became all of our sins so we might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. We don't have to flog ourselves and do all this penance and all this other stuff. Jesus has set us free. Glory to God. So repent of that rotten thinking. Don't let the devil lie to you anymore, beloved. Don't let him tell you that you're something that you're not in Christ. But, verse 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Can I tell you, when there is division in a body, it's because somebody's not walking in the fullness of light. Because if you're walking in the fullness of light, you're going to get along with one another. There's not going to be any of this schism going on. Church, we got to grow up. Come on. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. There's some people say, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But you're not okay, beloved. Some of you still might have some things that you're dealing with. Listen, if there's anybody in this room that's 100% arrived, I want you to talk to me after the service because I want to know how you did it, and then you can come up here and you can preach next Sunday to everybody so we can all learn how to do it. Come on, you guys. I'm not saying we should walk around in sin consciousness. No. Jesus Christ just set us free. Sin shall not have dominion over us. Amen. But because we got the Holy Ghost living inside of us, the spirit of truth, he's not going to let us get away with anything. And the more sensitive you are to the Holy Spirit and responding when he tells you, son, daughter, mm-mm, you shouldn't have lost your temper. Mm-mm, you shouldn't have said that. And I know, I know, I know. Sin is pleasurable for a season, and sometimes you just want to give somebody a piece of your mind. I mean, you've already had it rehearsed in your mind. You just couldn't wait until you saw that person. You were going to unload on them, and you were just going to chew them up on one side and spit them out on the other, and you were just going to let them know. Don't entertain those thoughts. They're of the devil. You're not practicing light, beloved. You've got to cast those things down right away. Say, okay, pastor. Are you guys going to sleep on me? Okay, praise the Lord. He says in verse 9, though, if we confess our sins, here we go, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I didn't make this up. That's what the scripture says. You even read it with me, didn't you? Repentance of sins and remission, forgiveness. Amen. Well, Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. 
And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Then if we go to Luke chapter 1, verse 17, it's talking about Elijah coming now in the form of John the Baptist. And it says he, speaking of John the Baptist, will also go before him, speaking of Jesus, in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Why? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Look at this. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The whole purpose for the spirit of Elijah to come in this hour to bring us a fresh revelation of sonship is to prepare us to make us ready for the coming of the Lord. Amen? Before coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God has established fatherhood through the spirit and the prophet, or the prophetic voice of Elijah. And why did he do that? He had to get the children of Israel ready for the Messiah. Today he has to get us ready for Jesus coming again. Amen. And it's to position us, to protect us, to, to get us into a place where he can use us mightily for him. Amen. Listen, the spirit of the living God, how many you know, has already been given to us beyond measure. Amen. He has. However, I'm here to tell you by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that he's about ready to pour out upon all flesh in a manner like we have never seen before. We sang about it this morning. You know, oh, okay, I'll just keep preaching. But we need to heed this voice, church. We need to heed it right now. We need to allow the spirit and the power of this dual message of repentance of sins and forgiveness of sins to bring us into a place where we can jump up into the lap of our Father and enjoy his embrace. Because I'm here to tell you, the devil is not stopping, stealing, killing, and destroying. And he's going to constantly try to bring you down and get you depressed and get you anxious and get you into fear and get you so busy just being busy that the Lord has nobody to use to bring in this massive harvest that's coming in. It's the truth. And even though the Lord needs a broken and contrite heart that's yielded to him, how many know we can't stay broken if we wanted to bring healing to people? How many know we can't stay bound if we're supposed to bring deliverance to people? How many know that we, we, if we remain in impoverished thinking, how can we expect to impart to them the abundant life and the prosperity of the whole Jesus? We cannot remain in toxic thoughts of abandonment, insecurity, and anger, and then try to impart acceptance, affirmation, and love to people. It's not going to happen. We have to come to the point, church, where we're not just going to just come here Sunday after Sunday and just sit here, and then just go home, and then come back next Sunday and just sit here, and go home and come back next Sunday and just sit here. we got to be about the Father's business. 
And I know that this is, a, this is a right on message. I know that it is because I've been living it day in and day out for at least the last year. We have to come to the place where we know that we know that we know that we know that we're accepted in the beloved and that the Lord loves us. We have to understand that he is not against us, but he's for us. Taking this to the Lord, he spoke to my heart. He said, so why are so many of my children rejecting their sonship? Through my son, I've given them everything. Jesus said, this is what I want you to preach. I want you to preach repentance of sin and remission of sins. And there's an ugly spirit that has come and infected the church. And it's a spirit that questions sonship and makes people think, oh, this is for everybody else, but it's not for me. Last Sunday I told you it was a spirit of, I felt a rejection and we came against that. But it goes deeper than just rejection. It's a spirit of orphan where you just don't think that you deserve anything and that what you have right now is it. There's nothing more. We got to get rid of that rotten spirit. We got to get rid of it. We need to shake it off. We need to step it up, get a fresh baptism of his love, and then we're going to be dangerous. Amen? Well, that's all I'm going to do today, because to get into the rest of this right now, I would have you here until about 5 o'clock tonight. <laughs> and lucky for you, I have an appointment at 1 o'clock. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm excited for every one of you in this place. Because God really is doing amazing things in our lives. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. Amen. I'm telling you, Jerry, we talked about that, didn't we? The other day, we were taking something back to Menards, and you said to me, Pastor, we got to be tough. And I said, yep. You hit the nail on the, on the head. You know, I'm going to close with this. When we were up there yesterday at, at this mock trial, there was, young, there was one, one young man. He's very eccentric. Let's just put it that way. But uh, and, uh, Chad was up there with me, and we were talking, and Chad goes, oh, there, there's one young guy that uh, is comfortable in his own skin. And I said, yeah, how refreshing refreshing to feel so secure in who God's made you. We've allowed so many people to, find, to try to define us and fix us and make us. And, bleh. and how you know the only one that can fix us and make us is the Lord. In fact, before you were even being shaped in your mother's womb, he had a design in mind for you. So if you're like my brother, Rhett, that's kind of goofy and makes everybody laugh, 
Red, that's good. Stay goofy and make everybody laugh because we need that. Amen. If we need somebody that, that can preach the word and is very passionate about the Lord, we need Eze. Come on, we need each other. If we need somebody that knows how to love on people unconditionally, we need my wife. We need each other. And celebrate who you are. Be comfortable in your skin. And don't let the negative dialogue keep you down anymore. we got to kick that rotten, stinking, orphan spirit out of us and get a fresh revelation of who we are as sons and daughters of the most living high God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Worship team, I want you to, can you go up there and just play that one song again? That, um, mm, Closer. That closer song, that, that was perfect for today. How many appreciate the worship team? Yeah. Amen. So I come. I come back to where I belong. And that's where we're coming. We're coming back to where we belong, in the bosom of our Lord. Amen. Understanding that we are sons and daughters of his. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You guys have been sitting long enough. Why don't you just please stand to your feet? I'm not going to keep you much longer, I promise you.